Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Hello once again and welcome to Lockdown Hot Takes. I'm your Lodge Master. With me as always is Brother Bishki. <laughs> Brother Lucas on Lockdown. Day 50 whatever. And you know him, you love him. It's Brother Nathan. What's up guys? Great to yep. be here with you in quarantine. Welcome. Oh my god, I, I say it so often but... What the fuck do we get ourselves into with this one, guys? What, what, we are what have we, do? there, what have we done? What have we done? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, what have we done here with this? The movie is Capone, formerly known as Fonzo, written, directed, and edited by Josh Trank. Josh Trank joined. The- <laughs> It's a Josh Trank joint. He through is the auteur behind such films as Chronicle and Fantastic Four. Um, now, what 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 is everybody's history with with the Trankster? No history. Bisky's <laughs> on zero. Uh, on this is this is my only. This is my one and only Trank. Yeah. Chronicle is like better than it should be. It's it's like a three bone indie that inspired so many found footage movies after that. And I mean, I think it's really slick. I watched it mm, about a year ago and it holds up sure. completely. Uh, never seen sure. Fantastic. I did see Fantastic Four in the theater because, you know, I was like uh, that was pre Lodgecast days. But I still had that curiosity, you know, like everybody was shitting on it. It was instantly notorious. I went to see it like late in its run and it was just me and one other guy and the other guy I was like who is this other guy he quickly revealed himself to be completely insane he got up and just <laughs> walked around the theater paced just an around insane the person in the theater yeah <laughs> yes he was in the, the he was in and out the whole time and the movie I thought was pretty good I was like it's one of those movies where you're like you know what 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 the fuck you know why why is everybody's panties in a bunch like this this movie's fine this movie's entertaining it'll be often like what what lucas will do if he's revisiting an old film that has a bad reputation he'll be like oh this this is actually four bones look at it cinematography (laughs) it didn't go with the times without fail it'll nosedive it'll nosedive hard and that's what fantastic four did so by the end you're just a wet noodle of confusion you're wondering what the fuck happened. And infamously, they took the cut away from Mr. Trank mm. and he torpedoed his own movie on Twitter. He said, basically, you know, I hate this shit. Yeah, I used to have a good cut of this. That's not what you're going to see. Good luck. And holy shit. Like, who does that? Not how you play yeah. Who does that? So there must have been a, a slew of films that he turned down before he got to Fantastic Four because he probably got offered everything after chronicle mm-hmm. you know and he could have sat on it for a year and got F- like spielberg's calling like everybody's calling whatever it was and then he was set to do a standalone boba fett movie which due to all the problems on the production of fantastic four he lost that mm. so capone is really a comeback movie in a lot of ways and that's what people are billing it as like this is his big return that's that's the story yeah that They've been spinning it here. With all due respect, it's like 
if you have something to prove, why are you making this movie? Yeah. Why are you making a movie about the last year of Al Capone's life when he's riddled with neurosyphilis, <laughs> losing his mind? Yeah. Like, is that that's the big crowd pleaser that's going to bring them all back? Like, if anything, that's the fuck you movie after you've completely reestablished yourself. But anyway, oh, it's definitely a fuck you movie. I mean, it can't be. It's so strange that it's his next one. After, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, like, why the last year of Al Capone, you know, and why a very non-filmed story? I mean, this was this is pretty gutsy to yes. do this fucking movie. Now the listeners are waiting with bated breath, as am I. Lucas, what was your <laughs> mindset going into this film? I, I want to, I want to treat you delicately here because I don't want to give too much away. But I think I know generally where you're going with this one. <laughs> the mindset I had going in was Vertical Entertainment is the distributor who released this film. And yeah. I never heard them before. Um, so I looked them up and it's a distribution company that's been around since 2012. And they've distributed like a, a couple, a dozen, if not three or four dozen titles none of which i have recognized except for the recent jacob's ladder remake which mm. i don't even uh -oh. i don't even remember getting a theatrical release but maybe it did it it came out briefly <sighs> it played a few I screens yeah so i assume you don't even recognize that remake you don't even, I don't even acknowledge, acknowledge it, it. But, but i thought that was very telling because right off the bat i was like Yes, I know who Tom Hardy is, but would this have gotten a theatrical release in before times, like before COVID? Um, or would this <laughs> have gone straight to VOD? Because there's really not much to it, right? Like what, what you see is what you get. Well, speaking of VOD, the production companies at the top, we got Redbox Entertainment. Oh, that was the first yeah. and foremost. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what, yeah. That's yeah. what yeah. I was Red like, Box. wait a second, Redbox. <laughs> Direct direct red box. There's always yeah. a, there's always tons of opening. Yeah. Lawrence Bender, Lawrence motherfucking Bender, Larry yeah. Bender of yeah. Pulp Fiction fame. So you got a lot of weird fingers in this pie, and it's all in service of, like I said, a syphilitic old man <laughs> raging at his demons. <laughs> <laughs> oh I mean, my a methodic, god a methodically made character piece you know i yeah. think okay i think number one capone the title you know i, I can see why they chose it, it it's much more gra grabs everybody and you think it's going to be a a rip roaring tommy gun gangster crime epic that's probably yes. what you think it, with capone you know like definitive right with fonzo you would have conjured up images of both the Fonz, <laughs> Fonz and yeah. Fozzie Bear and Gonzo. So that's that's all outside the wheelhouse. But yeah. you can anyway. see that title speaks to it being, you know, something that would probably have been more unseen or, or quieter. And that 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 speaks yes. to the, that's you know, represents the film a lot better than Capone. You know what I mean? Capone, like like it's the be Gotti, all end all. Like Gotti. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, it is very much like Gotti in many ways. But 
just at the outset here, I gotta I gotta summon the salad dragon. Oh. Right off the bat. Oh man, I love this. The Salad Dragon. A scene in a movie that is so bizarre, baffling, or transcendent that it instantly justifies the price of admission. Or Reese Witherspoon's leafy transformation in A Wrinkle in Time. I mean, this this movie is a hive of dragons. <laughs> it, it's a salad bar bursting at the seams. It's got all the fixins. Whether or not that's a good thing this time around, remains to be seen but it's definitely held together the, by salad dragon <laughs> it is held together the, like it's weaved the, like wicker the tendons together. that hold its bones together are made <laughs> of leafy green salad pretty much every scene has got something super fucked up to it well every scene with tom and hardy is good <laughs> i mean well, he's yeah tom he's hardy, in almost everything immediately his makeup reminded me of dan Aykroyd and nothing but trouble <laughs> <laughs> and that's if so you damning, don't know yeah. if you don't know about dan Aykroyd and nothing but trouble very gently google that <laughs> see what i'm talking about so gross but, so uh, many coughs yeah. bloodshot eyes chomping on cigars he is disgusting he is disgusting in this movie his voice is like it took me a while to pin it down but it sounds like Harvey Firestein, mm. the Penguin, and Ernest P. Worrell. For, yeah. for for me, it was he. He looked and sounded like <laughs> Ernest P. Like, Worrell, like a Dick Tracy villain, as played by 2020 Nick Nolte. Oh, there's yes. Dick Tracy vibes there for like real. A, like yeah. a Dick Tracy Nick Nolte voice. I was like Frankenstein meets Brando at the end of <laughs> at the end of Apocalypse Now. That's he what, was like that's Heath Ledger's Joker stepfather. You know. <laughs> oh, uh, you mentioned the Penguin. I mean, Bur Burgess Meredith Penguin. You know. Yeah, yeah. Any of these fine people were mentioning step on their windpipe, and you have what he was going for. <laughs> he has a lot of nonverbal grunting in this, and it's fabulous. Let's talk. <laughs> about brando a little bit the brando thing is right on cue when yeah. when they take old fonzo out for for a day of fishing he puts on almost the exact same outfit as brando wears in the island of dr moreau oh yeah i thought like, about he looked, that yeah. he looks just like oh. him. brando island brando yeah and try to get life. that still for the uh thumbnail because that was that was <laughs> so, amazing when I saw the first cut, that that the whole fishing scene wasn't in there, so that was like a juicy bonus where they go <laughs> shotgun there's a, fishing. There's a serenity serenity esque fishing scene with Matt Dillon, who may or may not be a ghost, but probably is. Yeah, who is Matt Dillon in this? I, <laughs> he, I had... so his. The, I think the editing does his character just like a. a cuts it up to ribbons because they show him and they introduce him in a, in a scene where Capone isn't there. He's like doing a secretary. You guys remember that? The one of the only sex scenes in the movie where oh, a couple of sex They introduce yeah. him mid doggy coitus. Yeah. Yeah. Mid doggy coitus. And then they cut to him, you know, drinking out with Capone and he's the wife obviously comes and checks on him. And we see from her point of view that he's not there. So the thing goes back and forth with that, you know, like, I, is I, he I, real? Is he not? Like The real and, and the, the fantasy blends. The lodge mistress was watching it with me, and she's like, so was the sex part of Capone's fever dream? Like, why, why would we see ghosts in movies or, like, apparitions? 
we don't usually see them in scenes that don't involve the crazy person who's dreaming. Them, we never right? see them get a call and say, hey, I'm coming <laughs> over. You know, <laughs> you know like, yeah, uh, you get called yeah. and summoned. You never see that. Very strange. I thought about that, too, and it and it stuck out. You know, we're, we're, we're coming out the same thing, but it's like I, that stuck out, too. It's like, why have him set up that way? You know, at any rate, they end up on a boat. Very Serenity-esque. And... <laughs> Serenity-esque. Fonzo gets a bite. It pulls his fishing rod into the into the water. He sees that it's uh, an alligator. Yeah. And he takes out a shotgun and just blasts the thing to shit. And Is it worth it? He yells, <laughs> is it worth it? <laughs> so he, then, yeah, he gets then, like a prize fish and then the gator steals it from him. And he's like, you son of a bitch. And I, I wrote this down. Matt Dillon says, hey, Fonzo, you want to go back to prison over a fucking swamp animal? Yeah. Very, very I don't, think, I don't think Matt Dillon's there. ever there. I don't think he's ever a real person. <laughs> well, I've I've read some uh, breakdowns of this. And oh, have supposedly <laughs> some people some people think that he's a composite of all the people that Capone killed that is kind of made into one person. Yeah, he's definitely, I don't know if I believe that. He's definitely a face of a victim. I mean, they they cut to him and he's the guy in the chair getting stabbed in the very brutal, you know, dream sequence. First, That first dream sequence is pretty awesome. I want to hear you guys talk about him going down to the basement. The whole thing, like, you have to really get in the right mindset for this. I don't know if there is yeah. a quote-unquote right mindset, but, like, the Lodge Mistress was trying to watch it and she's like... The filmmakers really don't care about keeping an audience even remotely invested in this. Mm -hmm. And I said, you're correct, because what this is, is what I think this is, is just a nightmarish fever dream. And that's yeah. all you're going to get. Like, it's just dream logic. There's a little bit of Twin Peaks dream logic in it. There's a whole lot of shining mm. kind of madness logic in it. And it all boils down to whatever the fuck this is. I don't know. But sometimes yeah. it's just Tom Hardy kind of twitching in a chair, acting paranoid, and it's not a fever. It's just kind of just kind of him. Sometimes just it's kind really of happening. reality. Yeah. Sometimes there's just not much going on except for Hardy grunting and chewing on a cigar. Uh, and, well, and, yeah. and in the scenes, in the scenes that aren't fever dreams. And he's usually <laughs> shitting his pants yeah. twice. Which he shits himself yeah. twice in the first twenty minutes. Just he, yeah, he soils himself tw three times total in the film. I mean, mm -hmm. that's really the that's really the one note that, 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 that a lot of people are having. <laughs> it should have been on the poster. Yeah, <laughs> him with the him with they the diaper. They don't the shy end. away from it. Yeah, they don't shy away from it either. They the poster they, should have been that bed shot where his wife. It's like the Godfather, <laughs> but like instead of a horse head, it's just like a big pile of shit. Yes. Oh no! Yes, oh. it should be like a horse head shaped <laughs> pile of shit. And he's looking, but he's looking like Travis Walton from Fire in the Sky, like just totally traumatized and shell shocked yes. from the nocturnal bowel movement. And we're being all in quarantine. We don't get to see like scenes like that with an audience. I would have loved to see with an audience a prime yes. time. The yeah. oh. Maybe the second shitting, you know, the one where he's interviewed and, and he's just, he answers by he's just, just sharding. He just leans into that. Yeah. You see, you see his face and everybody's wondering what he's doing. He's just kind of, he screws up his face a little bit. And then you just hear that soft burbling <laughs> oh. shit coming Jesus. out. And, and Trank is in that scene, by the way. Trank is one of the, 
he's, oh, really? he's, he's kicking over the yeah the, the real the real Trank doing a cameo there's a guy that looks just like e from entourage and there's comedian neil brennan for some fucking reason they're all interviewing him and he takes a big shit and everybody plugs their nose and that's the scene <laughs> So this movie is very, very special. Like there's there's, yeah, not there's nothing movie like, this, like this. Yeah. Early on, I was like, did they have enough money to flash back? Because I thought this was gonna be like a little more of a conventional uh biopic. But pretty soon I realized like they ain't flashing back to anything. Like this Tom Well, we we have that one big uh looks like a New Year's Eve party with Louis Armstrong but playing. This, but which this is, is this is not the life of Capone. This is like the last year with some hallucinations. Yeah. It's very a, a narrowed focus to that part of it, yeah, part of his life. Yeah. And I think the whole yeah. budget went to Tom Hardy pretty much because it's a one location shoot. I think so. Yeah. Now, Lucas, you're staying very quiet on this. What it's a woof for Let's, y'all, Lucas. <laughs> Get your woof out in the open, you dog. We all know he's gonna woof so hard, but let's just <laughs> Let's tiptoe through this. Lucas, is there any love and light that you were feeling during this? Oh, man. This was another dark. It was exposed properly. Yeah, it was too dark. I couldn't see anything. What is this too dark? You washed it during the day. Corridors and rooms and... And right from the get-go, he's seeing things, right? Yeah. Like, the opening title legend is like, this is the final year of the neuro, <laughs> the neurosyphilis mind. Neurosyphilis. Like, Behold its wrath and its indifference to your power <laughs> and memories. And, yeah, like, the Lodge Mistress, like, is correct in that there's really nothing keeping you engaged. Uh, you have to like really love Capone, I guess. This is like a movie made for those fathers that that love Think gangsters. Think about the dads. Think about the dads that are going to rent this. It, I mean, it think is of the like, Irishman crowd. Think, think, yeah, you know, it is like renting like gangbusters. Pardon the pun. Yeah, dads are renting this. They're slurping it up. Yeah. But what are they like? Uh, how many naps are gonna are gonna be had during this movie? Like, yeah, this ain't this the Untouchables. Yeah, yeah no. it's a it it it's a glorified short. I mean, there's just not enough. There's not <laughs> enough meat on the bone. There's no hook to hang your hat on. It's uh, a vanity project, and I think Mr. Trank should consider himself very fortunate and lucky that Tom Hardy said yes to this because he was just appealing off his basest, you know, instincts of of playing this. Uh, this character and it was like every scene was the audition scene you know and, every and, and scene. it just felt like a parody <laughs> one of them. yeah and like yeah. whenever he talked <laughs> it was like what time is it in ohio <laughs> you know and it's like <laughs> <laughs> that's not really uh, uh an exaggeration either i think it's he gonna split a lot it's this. gonna split yeah. our listeners there are these random phone calls from his illegitimate son tony that are supposed to be like super <laughs> weighty and heavy but like they're super confusing and i'm like is that the guy yes. who gave him syphilis like i don't know who it is yeah i had no idea yeah. what you know with the with the anthony the son if that is real or fake or or why that was kind of important i mean you you can load it how how underwritten it is you can kind of put yes. your own thought into what he means that boy like i don't know i well it was obtuse like i wasn't sure why that was important they did make a couple overtures at a plot because it yeah. seems that old fonzo may or may not have buried oh, 10 right. million dollars somewhere that's a mcguffin so that, that yeah pretty doesn't... much 
pretty much any dialogue that anybody has about anything is about trying to get to that money. Yeah, that's the, that's the unresolved plot that just never it gets resolved. Goes nowhere. <laughs> the final the final scroll at the end says nobody found anybody. There should have been, been a scene. That money was where, never like, found. Where like Kyle McLaughlin is like digging up like you know like a, a treasure chest that you think the money is in, but when he opens it, it's just like shit. It's just like a pwn shit. Kyle McLaughlin hits another strange career point by playing Capone's doctor yeah who brings he, him in his it. diapers he's in it <laughs> he's, he's a diaper delivery man that's looking for the money he has three <laughs> scenes you know he just checks in with the wife he's there he, he makes uh Capone do drawings one was of Anthony and one was of a platypus like it is so silly this movie is so silly he's like okay Fonzo what do you want to draw next they've taken away his his cigars so now he just chomps on giant carrots yeah Yes, which is hilarious to look at. That is, yeah, but he's like, he's like, he's trying to coax out where the location of this money is. So he's like, "What would you like to draw next?" And he holds up two photos, one of a platypus and one of a big sack of cash. (laughs) (laughs) He He already drew the platypus, Capone, and he puts it away. He he finally draws the cash, but it doesn't go anywhere. I love that oh he was in a scene with Kyle there and, and he said, draw this for me. And then we cut to a later scene and he's still drawing. He was putting in some more work on it. It was great. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then, I mean, it's just Salad Dragon after Salad Dragon. We got the Louis Armstrong Blueberry Hill cameo. We got a poor, unfortunate soul getting stabbed in the neck about 40 times. Oh, so anyone yeah. who hasn't turned it off by then, you're turning it off. Like, it's so fucking foul. <laughs> and then... Capone's always making the stink eye at this groundskeeper and he finally <laughs> he finally decides enough's enough the groundskeeper's approaching him from behind it looks like Capone's masturbating but what he's really doing is loading a golden Tommy gun gold-plated Tommy gun he turns around and just goes on a rampage all over his property just yeah. shooting people shooting the tommy gun it's tony montana totally like he's just it's totally yeah. tony montana walking on a around budget. with a diaper and that carrot in his mouth i mean that mm. is that is a walking salad dragon he goes down to his pond you think the salad dragon's over he goes down <laughs> oh, to yeah. his pond and he remembers like some ghost flapper told him to dig where it's wet so he looks at his pond <laughs> he jumps into the pond suddenly an alligator is between his legs about to chomp his dick off and then out of nowhere a giant digi tsunami hits the pond there's a huge like 50 foot wave it recedes uh perfect storm style and then he wakes up in like ireland or something well he's swirling in a whirlpool full of cash under the water and then he wakes up bald younger looking exactly like brando as colonel kurtz oh hell yeah yeah in like the italian countryside well he he went into the painting you know like that painting that he was looking at throughout the film so it's the shores and then the balloons you know the the imagery you were talking about twin peaks there's imagery with you know this thing well he's just sitting in a bed dying so he's looking at the paintings and you know like (laughs) the point think of the point of view guys you know he's shitting himself And and, oh. and the waves are like just him, his bowels exploding. Think about it. Now. The kid keeps showing up with the balloon out of Stephen King's It. 
and, and he just yeah, uh, everything yeah. Was trying, it's a gold balloon. I think everything yeah. was trying to be tied to something. I mean, the gold flapper that he's having sex with is that was Anthony's mother, and you know they, they're tying. The, and then Anthony's out in the street. Where is he? You know, there's this thing about this lost childhood or this, well, this lost innocence. This is your second time seeing this, correct? David? Yeah, and this this was a believe it or not, <laughs> believe it or not, the second one was tighter, and it had. I saw the one with Fon, Fonzo. You know, well, let's confront why. Yeah, yeah, Nate. Yeah, why, bro, brother why Nathan, Nathan? Brother Nathan had the finish on this poster, which so is I'm outstanding. Part of this campaign, whether I like it's it or not, stunning part of this movie. Yeah, outstanding poster can you give us any juicy details into the making of the poster the nutshell of it is that tom is a very creative person like so when you get involved with a project <laughs> no shit uh like he's involved with every aspect of it so there was a long leash i think early this film has been trying to find distribution or what it's going to do and then it came to our company and i got to work on it and and they had a lot of ideas about what it was going to be. And, and so the poster was a very different thing. You know, some of it was him with a carrot, <laughs> whatever, you know, oh, like nice. they were like the worst yeah. ideas ever. Uh, and, and trying to sell this kind of like demographic that we're trying to hit with Gotti or whatnot. But so when it was in a final <laughs> hour and our boy, Tom uh, had a creative outburst and, and he really wanted this one, <laughs> this one idea to, you know, meet the audience first. So the idea of, him you know his brain coming apart or something that isn't just this action film that we're going to do so he had he had an idea right. a strong way to do it and trank backed it up and we have what we have but i think it added to the mystery of what this movie was going to be uh, you know it, it's fun yes. it's it's i can't believe that they chose like kind of like that idea and they went how how classic it is but i you know what we have i mean there's nothing super juicy other than tom is very creative and he wants to you know give us a hundred pieces of scrap or whatever he wanted to do to get this thing to look the way that he wanted it to look. Well, but the poster is four bones. Nathan. It seems like a very handmade movie. You know, it. it seems like a very, everything about it is quiet. And I don't know why it was released as a big Capone, you know, kind of movie. So I think, it, you know, it's a double-edged sword. The poster is definitely four bones. We can all agree on that. Yes. Although this alternate Godfather shit horsehead idea <laughs> is also <laughs> maybe three and a half bones for that one. And I think Tom Hardy would probably be on board with that. I think with, I with love how that, crazy. Is. I love that it's just ugly forward. You know those scars and the makeup. I mean everything about it. He wanted to probably release something with those bloodshot eyes and just something that's just a yeah. just a Cronenbergian body horror. I mean there's there's a lot of body horror in this. <laughs> movie as well oh it's all about the, 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 the open it's, sores on his face and it does progress us through time it just gets worse and worse we see him once as young capone young you know yeah, butterball he sees capone. himself in the mirror yeah but it ends just like it began at a group family dinner celebration i think it's thanksgiving his estranged son Tony shows up, or does he? I don't know. <sighs> does he? Is ever, he real? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they hold hands, and uh, Fonzo finally dies. And I can't believe they didn't have him shit himself one more time. <laughs> I think it fade to black, and then just that shart sound over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People all are right. going to be talking about just the defecating and all this. Yeah, it's nuts. Let's go to them Fonzo bones. Fonzo. get lucas out of the way all right yeah lucas, lucas let's, let's get you out of the way first i feel let me set the table you're not gonna shock the world with this I, one yeah one of the notes i i took i said the film should have ended 
when he shit the bed, just cut to the end title, you know, uh, <laughs> Capone. With some kazoo music. A film by Josh Trank. But I, I think, you know, in order for this concept to have worked, you would have needed, like, you know, instead of Tom Hardy, like John Travolta, and instead of like syphilis, like why not? He's just a corpse. <laughs> like he's just dead. It's like we can have Bernie's, you know, meets Gotti, except oh, you call Christ. it, you know, Capone, where they're like using his corpse to find the money. That's how you make it slower. Yeah, like a step slower. <laughs> because I don't he's know dead. who this movie's for besides Tom Hardy. You know, this isn't for anybody for but Tom Hardy. <laughs> Um, so I have to give this a woof. This I, I found like it is, and just like a circle jerk, and like yeah, nothing's real. It doesn't matter what's happening because he's dying of syphilis anyway. And I thought, you know, if this, if you were to make a Capone movie, like a like an actor like Oscar grab, you would have to have it with him going to prison, right? The transition from Chicago crime right. war gangster to just a number in a cell who has to like eat the same food as everybody else in the mess hall. And then showing his brain slowly deteriorate where he like starts losing his mind and gets released. Like, I don't think showing the aftermath of that is interesting or like his final year is interesting. Cause you're right. It's like one note and repetitive and like the money, the buried money thing is so half-hearted and embarrassing uh they yeah. never found the money yeah, of course they didn't all right a wolf from lucas big reveal there brother bishki what is going on in your world you oh, yeah. just saw this i just you, came you off this fresh i tell you this was a comedy i was laughing throughout uh, <laughs> with, there were a few points where i'm like bishki's gonna love that yeah, oh, yeah. Bishki's smiling during yeah that. you were you were correct in 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 those feelings um when last we checked in with tom hardy it was in venom i like tom this, hardy this but, was the venom crew too nathan oh, you were on the venom, oh, Christ, venom, was, yeah. venom. I got to give it more than Venom. You're the Tom Hardy go-to lodger. Yes, yeah, but we're back with Tom Hardy. I like the guy, um, but there's no plot here. This is just, this is just. What a about stunt, the money? A stunt performer for the money. I, I, yeah, I was waiting for the money money plot to advance in any way whatsoever, but it did not. I thought like when they went into the Blueberry Hill sequence. I was like, well, I was like, when it because it goes into like these flappers and the, and and it's like yeah. and it's like yeah. Louis Armstrong and then it goes into this torture killing and I was like, well, maybe this will be the rest of the movie and it's just going to be his yeah. descent into madness. Like that's yes, I that, thought so too. That's oh, a movie, can't just constant that. salad dragons. But then it goes back to kind of reality where he's just kind of paranoid and looking around and, and he shits and, the bed and he shits again and calls nine one one and then yeah and it's it <laughs> just it just fizzles out. Uh, it's definitely a one bone, but but mm. Hardy was making me laugh so much. I, I, I <laughs> it gets it gets a quarantine bump to one and a half for me. Yeah, oh, yeah, it. yeah, love it, love it, brother Nathan. What do you got cooking oh, up? Well, you've seen this twice now, and you've yeah, looked like, at his fucking face. I'm, I'm, I'm so swimming long. around, and it's and it's backwash. Uh, I. <laughs> I think yeah. I mean, I'm a Tom Hardy fan too. I'm not gonna lie. I I love guys that swing for the fence and 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 be Brando and you know fuck with stuff, fuck with movies. I, I know I know yeah, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy had a Capone in him. He was involved with another project, uh, being Capone, and I think he was just kind of eyeing what he could do and, and if he could still play the way he wanted to play, which he totally did in this movie. He's the most magnetic 
you know, part about it. It doesn't always successfully, you know, navigate the elements that, that are there, the reality and the imagined, like that, that's really a problem. You know, you, if you, I kind of like, I, I kind of went with it for a little bit, like, Hey, I'll, I'll take your hand. You know, I don't, you know, I don't need to be, you know, you, you don't need to, co- you know, tailor anything to my experience. Yeah, like I don't need to know where I fucking am, you know, like spin me around just like this guy. And he's lost <laughs> in the dark through, you know, the progression of the movie. So I kind of, it's gutsy for trying to do an off film subject like this is not there's no story here really but there's something i'm drawn to it about these these guys with power and and what and and they get lost in the dark and this guy didn't even know where he was you know he doesn't even know so there's something about that narrative that's romantic to me and i and i and i felt like oh i kind of i kind of dig that you know i dig that in, yeah. in the early um early parts of the film but i think it is a comedy these, <laughs> these and these are things that you shouldn't laugh at someone losing their mind sure. and that, like these are sure. you know the stuff we're laughing at is what's breaking people's hearts you know so so there's there's this double edged sword to what he's playing with uh, all the time. You know, Trank was laughing his ass. But off. he's yeah, he's just blowing <laughs> it off. He's like, I just want to do this crazy shit, man. Him with the diaper, man. Tommy God. So I and I and that's how I got people. I said, guys, I mean, you know, it's a slower drama, but it's got a gold plated Tommy gun, you know. And I think everybody VOD yeah. it that night. So it's gonna get in the quarantine bump. This this is not high. I, it's like a two boner for me, and I kind of want to. It's a two boner. You know, it's like one and a half bone with a half bone quarantine. Yeah, bone. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that yeah. sounds about I right. I want to love it. And it, I think it's going to be a cult film because it's just so bizarre and without all the body doubt. horror yeah, stuff. Uh, and it's fun to be part of these projects, though. But Tom Hardy, baby. Good companion to Gotti, I think. Uh, like, I prefer something like this to Gotti, you know, yeah. something straight <laughs> and hilarious. I, like, I, I want I want to get down in the muck with the alligators, you know. Yeah. I would like to edit the two together to be like, you know, when Coppola did the first two Godfathers and it was the Godfather saga. Yeah. This would be the Gotti Capone diarrhea squirt. <laughs> okay, so that's two bones bumped up from one and a half. Bishki went to one and a half bumped up from one, which that that sounds like the right flavor to me because I was watching this and I'm like, I knew that it was bad and I knew that it wasn't. <laughs> It was barely even a movie, yeah. but I couldn't look away from it. I I I would like go to the fridge to get uh, Lacroix, you know, and I did pause it. I'm like, you know what? I can't take my eyes off this thing. I I need to see. For some viewers, it's gonna stick with you a little bit. Like I was thinking about some of these weird scenes, like grunting. <laughs> walking like him it's gonna be one of those weird cult movies that after this initial rush of dads that are gonna be confused and upset watching it once that dies down and like it gets a couple years on it you're gonna see some people pop up here and there that are gonna be like oh i actually really liked capone Capone, i know it's kind of it's a weird thing to admit but i think uh, there's something to it you know like i think i think it is gonna have a Oh, just a whiff of cult to it. Uh, but you can't like if you're if you're having a midnight screening at like a film festival, oof, you put this on. Oof, no, 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 deadly. That's not that's so not the way slow. to do it. You got to be like <laughs> you got to be like alone with your laptop, like deep in the night, just not believing what you're seeing. If this doesn't hit the Irishman, you know, the guys that want to see the Scarface guys, who is it hitting? Like who, who I, who's the audience? I, for this? I, I legitimately, truly am baffled by who this is for. It is for absolutely no one but i couldn't take my eyes off of it i same uh, it's a one it's a one bone film through and through but 
I am going to give it that half bone quarantine bone yeah. because it yeah. was just so, it was just so batshit. And it's like, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, we've been hunting with this podcast where it's like just completely misunderstood and misunderstanding its audience, just yeah. baffling productions. <laughs> would have loved to hear an audience turn on this movie because oh. I think, oh, yeah. I think oh it would have happened. Like yeah. a Burbank. Those are delicious like nice moments with this. juicy Burbank Theater 13 yeah. discount Nike Capone audience. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it would just be a symphony of screams. Yeah, I think they would have been on board for a bit, but once he shits himself for the third time, it would have been, yeah. <laughs> 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 Two times, it's fine. Yeah. Third time, now it's just disrespect. <laughs> what is he, Bugs Bunny? <clears throat> well, boys, we did it. The Capone's Nobody did it this one. We got drank. Brother Bishke's big uh, claim that we're going to vet all these movies is not coming to fruition. No, no. This is unvetted. <laughs> but I am glad that we went in and raw-dogged this. Yeah. And uh, I feel like everything is as it should be. Lucas woofed it. As he should have. Yeah. yeah. Nathan was giving it that love and light, and Bishki and I were right in the middle of all that. <laughs> it, it, it feels like I, I think we really uh, gave it its due. But I, I mean, I can't recommend this movie. No, but you can't. I kind of want. I kind of want everybody to somehow see it. <laughs> People are gonna. You got either. It's yeah. You're gonna hate it or love it. I this mean. would be a good double feature if you had. This is the first movie Capone, and as the second movie Oscar. Oh, the, the Stallone <laughs> Stallone uh, zone mob comedy. Yeah, Stallone, just those back Stallone, to back, Stallone just zone. in one and one sitting. This will be the shit in the punch bowl of any double feature that you come up with, and. <laughs> I don't know. Like, just if you're curious at all about the shit that we've been talking about, there's no way to spoil this movie. No, I mean, no. Capone, Capone died. Everybody knows he's dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> he he dies at the end. Big deal. I want you. I I want you. If anybody's curious about this, just just put it on. Just just see what what's going on and see what utter bafflement looks like. Love seeing you guys, and uh, I'm glad we went through this together alone. <laughs> Always together alone. Will we be seeing Christopher Nolan's Tenant in theaters this July? That's the uh, $64,000 question. Hazmat suits and N95 masks. What will be the movie that brings us back to the theater, back to the edge? Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, what is it going to be? I don't want to know, man. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> We'll be I back. I feel so skeezed out in the theater, man. Ah. We'll be back. A little more than a month away, guys. We can do this. We'll be back stronger than ever, y'all. <laughs> Die for you, Lodgecasters. Love and light, y'all. Love and light. Love and light. Oh.